welcome to episode 8 of Roots Rock Riot, the grassroots rugby podcast with me, Ian Harries. This week, we are back in West London and talking to Old Priorian Rugby Club, based out of Perryville. Um, Perryville? It is Perryville. Is it Perryville? Is it Perryvale? My dad always used to say Perryville, and he worked there, but now I'm starting to doubt myself. Based out of West London and formed by St. Benedict's School alumni, they have a first team playing in London and South East Division, a second team playing in the Middlesex Merit Tables, though I haven't actually played them, and I actually double-checked that, a Vets team, and an under-25s. We talk through their reformation, post-lockdown rugby, and former Wasps and England scrum half, Joe Simpson. So, welcome to the podcast this week. James, who is the media officer, and we decided on second team coordinator yes. for the Old Priorians RFC. So, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Appreciate it. I've been trying to... So, we all, I, I would have mentioned it in the intro, but obviously you guys are, are another West London-based club, so you're, you're close to my heart immediately. I've been trying to think whether I have actually played you guys... Or if I've just seen the name around everywhere, because we're all in that kind of A40 rugby corridor. Yes, is there a bit of a Mandela effect going on here where you think it might have? I think so. It might have happened. And and I mean, sp- yeah, speaking as a guy who plays for a club that used to be the St. Nicholas Old Boys. Yes. It's all of the old <laughs> teams. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of, of them around West London as well. Really, especially in Surrey, I've noticed, and there's a one or yes. two leagues which are almost entirely olds. Yeah, and, and it's it is interesting. You know, we got to be proud of those rugby roots and everything like that. I agree, I agree. But yeah, it it does it does mean that I can't remember if I played you or not. So I will just assume. I'm sure, we have. We would have at I some point. Know. At some point, I remember I looked through the the RFU. Uh, one of these these statos who will spend literally yeah. hours going back back as far as 97 98 <laughs> when it all started uh, uh they started recording it on the websites at least uh to see who's played who and i, I think Ickenham would have played old Prorians probably in the 2010s at some point but uh I, yeah something i'll have to look up post show i think yeah it's it is a tough one i um i started looking through it and then as with <laughs> as with a lot of rfu websites I couldn't keep looking through it anymore. They don't make it easy. No, they really don't. It would be nice if there was a sort of downloadable Excel spreadsheet that you could pour oh. over. But I think the RFU uh, RFU website's not quite there yet, unfortunately. No. But also, as a as a fellow stat guy, if I could export all of that data, I would do nothing else with my time. Then oh boy, no, just... I would. I would never go outside again. In seriously, oh, no, I just try never, just trying to show off my pivot tables to people. It's like, look, if we do this drop-down menu, we can see exactly where we've gone. And they're just saying, get some vitamin D. <laughs> Obviously, we would start talking about Excel before we start talking about actual rugby, but I'm, I'm glad we went there. Oh, naturally. Yeah. So before we dive properly into the club, uh, what I like to do is get a bit more, for want of a better word, personal with things. So how long have you been with the club for? What kind of actually brought you there? So... I would have joined OPs as uh, I'll, you, I'll say that rather than Oporians across the uh, less of a mouthful. Uh, joined OPs. OPs in around uh, 2018. Actually, it might have been a little earlier. I think I started watching Tail End of 2017. So I've moved to London in 
November 2016. Uh, previous to that, uh, I've been playing. I've sort of played my youth rugby at Colchester, which who are now a level level five team, uh, massive club. I think if I remember rightly, it's probably if you include all the supporters as well, it's about two thousand strong uh, club. If you like, it's which massive, is absolutely which massive. is insane. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, I remember it used to take five to ten minutes to walk to the fourth or fifth team pitch it was such a big club and it still is and, and they're going really really well i uh, got quite a bad injury in 20 2011 sort of fell out of uh, playing for colchester uh fell out of love the game for a while moved to london as i say uh colchester then happened to be playing in the same league as ops and i think uh they were playing around the corner from where my father lives in in west acton at uh, wasps rugby club uh, and then sort of developed a relationship with the club from around then and started off as a, as a supporter, then became a, a player for a while, and, and now I'm on the committee. And I'm limiting playing to once a year. I see my goal is once a year at the moment. I manage my once a year in January before <laughs> getting injured, and I'm hoping I can manage that before December of next year. I think it's an achievable goal at the very least. I think that makes sense. That it, it's it's better to I think own that from the outset, right? And it's for the goal, like you have to setting bar very low and. <laughs> anything anything beyond that is a is a real success yeah i mean as a as a wales fan i understand setting the bar low for success oh, so I'm, I'm also a welsh <laughs> so I'm, I'm an, I'm, my grandmother's welsh so I, I understand the the welsh pain uh yeah especially yeah. in the in the late 90s i mean we're not far off now i mean like i, I could talk about i don't want to hijack this entire episode just took like just weeping down a microphone about welsh rugby and uh, how quickly did you go from supporter to player like how quickly from falling back in love with the game to being back on the pitch was it good question so i originally had joined a a club nearer to where i was living in uh, in london i won't mention the name uh, partly because it wasn't really i didn't pass the vibe check as the young younger people yeah. would say I suppose. Um, but then I when I joined Old Porians, and uh, there was an immediate sense of I want to say community and sort of friendliness. I think a lot of news uh, in, in this podcast, a lot of people talked about how friendly clubs are and old Porians really no exception. I felt very accepted very quickly into into a new club, which is a diametry opposed from Colchester as well. OPs has a playing base of about 50 to 60 players and a supporters base of probably <laughs> probably half that <laughs> no there's no um that's no denigration to the club at all it's just you know partly how it is um but i yeah immediately felt much more at home than i did at the previous club in london and yeah when you say you know fall in fall in love yeah it was very much a case of I enjoyed the style. I think uh, OPs are very well known for their Jouet type style. Lots of running rugby. Uh, I'm a now now a 36 year old prop, but I still like to think I can pull that off if I <laughs> if um, if I can. And yeah, I I think I played my first game for OPs was I'm going to see if I can remember the date. Seeing being a being a statue, I should remember the date. 12th of February 2018. I believe we beat Feltham 36 12. Playing for the uh, ah, very for the nice. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, I that, know that, that. that that's a proper stat recollection. There, I like yes. that. I I can't I can't remember the first. I wouldn't know the date. I know my first game was against Hayes in a preseason Hayes. warm up, which was my nice. uh, 
back in the days of I hadn't played rugby in a while and it was a proper let's put him on the wing. See how he gets on. Yeah. He can't do a lot of damage there. <laughs> and then and then we'll get some uh, him into a place where a man of his Slowly size work your way should in. be playing. Yes. <laughs> what my one my one and only game on the wing. Let's put it that way, shall we? But that's good. I, I think like a lot of, you know, it's it's uh it's an age-old story, right? Like you said, I think we've mentioned it before of especially moving mm-hmm. to a new area finding the club yeah i kind of been welcomed with open arms i think that's uh a tale as old as time oh for sure no i i think it's it, you can often go into an environment a small club environment as well in this case when it could end up being very cliquey and it could be that's your you're there and you think well i feel very out of place but which I, I did at this other club. Um, you know, there was an insistence on even if, you, if you're in the third team, you have to train. No, there was none of that at, at, at yeah. Peace. It's very much a case of you're here now, you're part of, you're one of us. Because uh, it's an old boys club. It's, it's on the back, it's formed off the the back of St. Benedict's School in in Ealing. And so you, you, as an outsider, you might come in with a bit of, of trepidation. It was like, oh, you know what, I don't fit in here. But actually, no, it's it's been, a, been an amazing experience so far and i hope it will continue to be no, i'm sure it will so in terms of the actual club then so like you said so it's mm-hmm. based out of or originates from an ealing school yes what are the teams that make up the club now so if, if i'm right there's a there's a first and a seconds obviously right. of which you are the coordinator for yes or try to be for the second oh, team anyway yes it's all about just getting a 15 together that's that's the uh, the level oh, sure, of coordination yeah. for a second team i think yeah, it's a bit of an unwieldy name that but yeah <laughs> in charge of getting a team of a team together if we can an acronym for that would be great we, we can figure it out just stick officer at the end of it that's what they do with a lot of <laughs> these titles exactly yeah. so what else kind of set makes up the club is it just those two teams are there other teams so yes we have as you say the first and second 15 we recently so post uh, post pandemic, we recently reformed the uh, the veterans team, you know, the vets, which oh, cool. is mostly formed of the players who essentially formed the club back in in two thousand and eight. So we're a very young club by by historical standards, and they've been going very much from strength to strength. First year of formation, they got to the final of the Middlesex Vets Cup, losing seven five to Chiswick. And then last year, actually won, went went one further and and won the uh, Middlesex Vets Cup. Uh, I think we oh, beat nice. Chiswick in the semi, beat Chiswick in the semi final, which was a a fantastic game of rugby. I think Chiswick Vets Silverbacks, as they're known, hadn't been beaten in four years or something silly. So it was really yeah. sort of a massive win for for OPs. And then we played Hampstead Vets in the final and ended up ended up being a little one-sided to us. I think we won by about 60 points or so, but uh, an entertaining game nonetheless and, and and great to have have some of the people who you know who founded the club back on the back on the pitch. And on top of that we also run a I'm gonna put quotation marks an under 25s team uh is is difficult to describe it's between a first and a second team that yeah that play in the Middlesex Middlesex Floodlick Cup uh, Cup every year. So essentially three teams plus one more sort of i guess is the the best way of putting it but let's say three team three and a half teams yeah i was gonna say that's like that's like two two and two halves yes exactly, like exactly. yeah that, that makes sense <laughs> but like vet vets I'm, I'm a couple i'm not as many years off of a vets team as i want to be but it is brutal. don't worry i know the feeling I, I'm... <laughs> I yeah i i don't think 
Vets Rugby always gets the credit it's deserved for being. No, no, you're right. Like my first see ever senior game uh, for Colchester was would have been 2004 or so and we we're playing Upminster Vets and I think as a, a fresh-faced green 17-year-old you're like oh Upminster Vets are all going to be 50-year-old men who can't run yeah and then got on the pitch and I'm like oh right oh shit okay oh. I was wrong about that I think we got we lost about 50-0 and then you the respect my respect for the Vets came and <laughs> to Vets came in my very first oh. game of of senior rugby fortunately yeah we, we had a it would be a, cu- a fair couple of years ago now it was our club versus like old players, like previous players, not old players. If people yeah. are listening, you're all perfectly young. And there are a lot of like one, the dark arts and the scrum are another level when it comes Ooh, to events boy. team. Yes. And yes, it, it like I, I learned like I learned a lot. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna divulge front row secrets just in case there's backs listening. No, no, exactly. We we can't. Uh, yeah, I learned a lot uh, from playing. Can't betray the fraternity, can we? <laughs> oh God, no. Um, learned yeah. a lot from that, and then also you have the occasional instance that used to be legal but isn't legal now, which. Yeah, like it was doesn't really fly anymore. Oh god, no! Like I, I, I know, I know rugby is obviously, uh, it's it's a tough game, but mm-hmm. yeah, people who grew up playing it in like the eighties, I don't, I don't understand. I, I couldn't yeah. have played it then. That's what I'm. Different sport, completely different sport. Oh. I mean, there was no, there was no, there was didn't have to jump in the line out from what I recall. Uh, you yeah. have. Your fifteen man moles, four points ah. for a try, but then genuinely a different game, it seems. Well, and the scrum you had the proper kind of smash at the beginning as well. Oh yeah. There was no <laughs> no bind set engage or whatever the oh, it was just um just free for all ads off you go, go on. Just like, just yeah. hit each other and see what happens. Like, don't get me wrong. Very very happy it's changed. And I, I yeah, said oh, this sure. previous, like a lot I of agree. the changes had to happen, but yeah, it, it means that People playing vets rugby are a different breed of rugby player and like power to them. Yeah, I would agree with that. But if I'm right, I was reading it was it refounded in two thousand and eight? Like I think there was a history before uh, Yeah, that, right? Yeah, I think that's probably the I would say the best way of putting it, I think it's the idea yeah, there was a team that played sort of occasionals. Yeah, in the I think from about the sixties onwards, but this is obviously pre pre leagues and pre merit tables, and I think there was it was very much for the the social element of it uh, of playing rugby. Um, of course, still is, but yeah, the the club was, I guess it's like the formal, if you like, formal yeah. founding of the club, partially sort of on the back of there was a very successful. Uh, schools team that's in Benedict's in the mid two thousands who got to the, I think they won the Daily Mail Cup. Uh, oh wow! At under fifteen, and then the same team won at under eighteen uh, level. Uh, a lot of those players still still playing or have, have just just retired uh, from the club, and I think it was all formed on the back of both that and, and an appetite from a number of other players who who wanted to uh, to play sort of form a club and actually sort of play regularly. Yeah. And yeah, it's been going sort of fairly strong since then. I do. I love. I love the idea of basically an under 18s team forming a rugby club so they can keep playing, and then winning a veterans trophy fifteen years later. That's that's really nice. Yeah, exactly. And there's a few older a few older chaps were in there as well. So isn't that nice? Uh, 
nice thing of a lot of them would have gone all gone to the same school which i think is you know this thing of yeah. people who are six seven years older than you you would be playing rugby with as well and now we have uh players in their early 20s who are playing with some of their teachers and you think it must be slightly surreal like you're stepping onto the pitch sort of 17 18 years old and there's your science teacher uh from <laughs> from a well basically a year back or something uh, yeah scrum half or something you know <laughs> i i found out um at a work event that my senior manager so my boss's boss played rugby right and i also then found out he was in the whatsapp group of a team we were supposed to be playing oh okay um the week before and apparently very nearly uh kind of rocked up to play and i then spent the entire work event just thinking about like so you have two choices if that happens either you're going to play you're going to be on it the whole game trying to yeah you know one up them or part exactly. of your brain would just be going i can't I can't, I can't hit someone with I, a director title. Yeah. Do I let him just? Yeah. Do I let him run through me? Should I go? Yeah. Oh, Sidestep, boss. You know? he's, he's, he was a big guy, to be fair. But I I remember going up to him uh, towards the end of it and just be like, "Yeah, I was just thinking, like, what would have happened if we had played?" And his response was just, "Okay, so what would have happened is I would have asked what position you play, and then I would have asked to play that <laughs> position on the other team." <laughs> Okay, so he was going full throttle for it. Oh yeah, it's like okay, cool. All right, so we would have both been hooking at a scrum. Great, that's that's exactly what I need to know. It's an interesting, interesting dynamic, I think, especially with uh, teachers. So obviously, you you joined joined the club via Colchester, which is an interesting phrase. What's actually kept you there? So what's kind of makes old priorians old priorians? So I think. For me, I think what cemented it for me personally was um, so really it was this is the pandemic was was a big factor in in cementing a place of 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 folk having a cemented a place in my heart if you if you like so we we've been relegated from the first team we relegated from the old London one north in uh, the twenty nineteen twenty season um, which I think was the you know, the curtailed season where it was yeah. all decided by. By uh, percentages at the end, uh, by you know, points per game. As with most clubs, you know everything shuts down. Uh, my father got seriously ill with COVID uh, during the pandemic. Was in ICU oh, for sure. I think ten weeks. Uh, yeah, having a very difficult time. Obviously, quite difficult for me personally too. Um, but the it was really nice, and I felt really appreciated. You know, touched in in many ways. There were two or three people at the club uh, who were in contact with me nearly every day just making sure everything's all right um and yeah that that kind of found found that really touching and really appreciated it and i think that sort of you know it's beyond the rugby at that point isn't it it's not yeah. just about what's going on either on the pitch or even in the clubhouse it's about what's happening in your own your own life and having people at that club who are also willing to support and be there for me at a time where i probably needed it was yeah, no, it really meant a lot. Um, and you know, at the same time, I also decided to join the the committee as at the time as the webmaster, uh, which we were saying before this was sort of a very two thousand and two type term. Now being upgraded to media officer, um, which is a little more sounds a little more professional, a little more snazzy. And I've been you know once once we reopened, if you like, in the 
21-22 season, got more heavily involved on the sort of media side and uh, committee side of the club and sort of assist yeah. with the running. Nice. Yeah, Webmaster makes it sound like you're part of like a fan forum or something, does it? Yes. Then the moderator of the uh, of the the club message board or something. Yeah, it's a oh. bit, uh, bit esoteric and niche now. That, that yeah, term. it's uh, God. rugby being behind the times. So what was like? So it wasn't something we had to obviously playing out of the merit tables. Our side, the mm-hmm. COVID, it stopped us playing rugby. Sure, yes, but. The table no one really cared about at the end i think we no, put i think every result went down as a tie which was yeah, annoying right. but yeah being being relegated because of an algorithm basically or an equation is obviously kind of a bit i guess tough to take right like how's how's the club bouncing back from not only being relegated but then having a year and a half because it le- usually it's a case of right mm. we've got four months until the new season let's <laughs> kind of focus yeah, yeah. on this let's kind of nail down H- how did that kind of uh work kind of over yeah. rugbyless wasteland we had of about like a year and a half yeah you're right i think the like you say the relegation was uh tough to take i was slightly less involved at that point but still was a a, a fervent supporter of the yeah. club i tend to go you know, both feet in uh, when I get into something, <laughs> um, and I think you know I could shout myself hoarse on the on the sidelines before. I think there was probably a realistic, no expectation, but certainly an understanding. Yeah. We it's a London and one north for people who don't know was was an extremely tough league, extremely tough. Um, you'd have teams coming down from what the old National Three, uh, a number of, sort of very good teams who've been there for years. Uh, Op's actually sort of shot up the leagues from I think level 10 up to level six yeah. in about five years and oh, settled wow. there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just became tougher and tougher every, every season it seemed or every passing season with a wonderful coaching set up and uh, some really, really talented players at the club. So some, some excellent players, um, but it just became tougher. Lots of traveling, all this business. And yeah, yeah. Uh, like you say, we, we got relegated and went into what, what what was London to Northwest? This is I'm sure you'll be familiar in of all the the different names, the different iterations oh, of the yeah. uh, RFU leagues across the years, and I'm sure it will change again <laughs> at oh, some point soon. It, it's due a change. It's been a whole like twenty four two seasons now. <laughs> so yeah, there was. I think as with every club, you kind of at the time, not every club necessarily. I don't want to speak for for other clubs, but certainly for us, that worry of the that that interstitial period uh, during the pandemic where we didn't know what was happening of players drifting away or players moving away losing interest that uh, that kind of thing which is natural and i think that has happened in in certain pockets of um of the rugby community uh could always be a big rugby but actually we came back what would it have been would it have been september 21 is that right yeah that when we restarted it sounds right it feels yeah like as a lifetime ago but yeah i i think yeah it would it would have been because it, it curtailed march 2020 yes and then yes. there wasn't a season 21 22 and then that's right sorry 2021 yeah. and then there was 22 right, yeah. yeah it feels so long ago because but... we had the whole summer where we thought rugby was going to come back that September. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, and then they had the uh, fuck what I can't remember what they called it. It was like the pathway 
uh, to rugby or something like that, where it was like, yes, yeah, yes, at I remember this... all these documents now. Good oh, memories. There, were, <laughs> there were so many documents at this level. We can do this, and then, um, yeah, did you play any of the? There was some of it in the, the winter of, yeah, it would have been winter of 20. There was some touch touch what tournaments was, it wasn't they rebranded touch as something else but i can't remember what it was called um t20 of rugby basically what was it called i that's going to annoy. i will i will i will throw it into the outro or just flat oh, please, out yes, please edit do. my voice into it now but yeah it was basically it was trying to make touch rugby feel more like union yeah and it, exactly i i, I I just wasn't built for it. And a lot of kind of, I think our players as well were, well, I want to play, I want to play rugby. I, I want to play 15s. That's why I'm here. Yeah, so, it's not quite the same, especially if you're a forward. Yeah, it's uh, this fast and loose game. It's not, not made for me. No. <laughs> yes. The, yeah. So we, you know, we came back, we did a bit of that actually yeah. in the, in the, which I guess helped, you know, it helps uh, to even at a bit of a distance, be able to sort of come back to that, you know, socialize with the people you've potentially known for years, and then uh, slowly, slowly, like you say, the pathway turned into something a bit more concrete, uh, so that we could all come back for September twenty-one. And I think the response from the the club, I think the uptake and the interest was fortunately was there. We had a really, really good season that year, where yeah, uh, the the first team went straight back up. Uh, I think we finished third or fourth in in that league. Went straight back up to level six. Um, our second team won the Middlesex Merit Division Two Merit Table Division Two. Cool. Um, pleased to say I contributed that season. I scored. I think I scored my second try for the club against uh, against Ryslip, and then we ended the season. We had one game to play again against Ryslip uh, to secure the title. This is very. This is very grassroots rugby story this one where we had to field a team to just you know to, to win the title as so i think we turned up with about 13 players not unusual it happens all the time at, oh, at yeah. that level um yeah and then within about five minutes our captain and uh then manager had to go off he happened to be a front row we're like okay what happens now um another player had to leave a half time uh, for some reason I seem to recall we were playing with nine men by the end of the match. Jesus. Somehow managed to eke out a 43-17 loss. Don't know quite how we managed to score three, but fortunately that sort of secured the the championship. And I, I feel like I've um, not written myself into club folklore quite, but uh, I feel like I've contributed at least to something uh, something as part of the club's history, being part of that uh, championship winning team, if only, that, only playing two games. That is impressive. Like I've heard a lot yeah. of, and have been part of a lot of 13 men, 15 teams. <laughs> but nine, it happens. That's nine. That, yeah. that is that was, that's impressive. Yeah, it was um, the the magnificent nine that day. Um, yeah, on top of that, we also, like I said, reformed our vets team and our under twenty fives team. We won the Middlesex Floodlit Cup that year. Yeah. So a really, really great season by all accounts. Um, you know, we we've had a new coach in, a chap called Vinnie Barrington, who's now moved on to. Uh, Blackheath as uh, one of the uh, coaches there, and I think having a sort of fresh face, almost like a a fresh start, if you like, post pandemic, I think really in, uh, invigorated the club and sort of gave a fresh yeah. impetus into everything. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's an incredible story. Yeah, it's good. COVID obviously was, or the 
the time away and off i know has been kind of a problem for some so it's really nice that you guys mm. yeah for fresh fresh start and a clean slate i think is the approach to do it and it seems like you guys are you know at least have yeah. the the perseverance to use that the way it should be which is exactly good. and i think but also that sense of familiarity are the same sort of the same people who were there before but also you know new faces coming in and feeling welcomed in the same way i was i felt welcomed when when rugby restarted it was uh, it was nice to have that set up and that feeling of things are changing but it's still there it's still the same people it's still the same club yeah. it's it's ultimately at its heart it's nothing's changed but we are we are moving forward is it was the best way of looking at it that season i think i like it and kind of in terms of kind of where we're going from here is there kind of any other plans for you know new teams spreading things further kind of what's mm -hmm. the what's the priority for you guys now that's a, a good question i think we're sort of in broad agreement at the club that this is very much a um, a transition period if you like of trying to maintain a degree of consistency across the across the teams we do have in terms of being able to get teams out every week as you as you'll know, you know, Ickenham's a, a one team club, right? Yeah. Like it's um the struggles of the smaller clubs are perhaps more magnified than they would be with a, a club that can easily run five sides a week, even three sides a week. Um it's always going to be a well, not necessarily a bad struggle. I mean, there, there's such a thing as a a positive struggle, um, but in a struggle to get fifteen players out for the twos every week, for example. Yeah. Or you know, scrabbling to find that front row who's willing to play on a Saturday, that sort of thing. Um, it does happen. And I think this season is, yeah, a lot about making sure we can put that into place. And I'm, I'm hoping in, yeah. in my role, quotation marks, as, as, as two's coordinator, quotation marks again, <laughs> that, um, that that's starting to happen. Uh, again, we've got our, our current head coach, Paul Davis, is uh, very keen on making sure that there's not so much of a distinction between the ones and the twos not saying that's happened before at a club but just making sure everyone knows that that if you're in the twos you've got just as good an opportunity of playing for the ones especially if you turn up yeah. to training um especially if you're you're someone who's going to make themselves available uh, very often and there is a you know there is a prestige for playing for a for a first team for any club i think um an enjoyment yeah. factor as well and um i think having this sort of level of competition but having a level of enjoyment and and community and if you like foundation within the club um i think is is really important in terms of just results this is what i always say the results are kind of secondary the enjoyment comes first people will you're going to win if people are enjoying playing i think that's the, yeah the ultimate thing we're going to lose game of course we are i think we're not uh trying to think of a team who who barely lose games uh, uh, and we're not an all blacks or a south africa <laughs> team or an england team that have gone on a 20 20 game run i guess when we're not the manchester city of uh, <laughs> of, of uh, level 6 rugby we're we're very much a club who want to keep people playing and and want to remain competitive and and part of that is losing will be part of that but enjoying rugby is probably the most important yeah. thing well i think that ethos then comes out in the fact that you came back stronger after kind yeah, of for sure. covid after kind of uh kind of relegation you refold a vets team uh kind of the under 23s yes, like if, if you didn't have that if it was all about the winning i don't think 
you can't exactly. bounce back because as soon as you go down, people will, well, I'm done then. So it's nice this to see it, that people are... Done, yeah. yeah. Finished, the, washed up, tin pot, yeah, whatever. But the... Um, I think there's another encouraging thing. I think I again as a as a stato, I was trying to work out the average age of our second team for a couple of our fixtures this year. And I think it must have been 21, 22. Oh, nice. Which is it just feels so good in terms of the future of the club when some of a lot of these boys came through the school. And there is a remarkable degree of I don't want to say loyalty, but certainly a degree of wanting to play for the the club. You have players, like I say, the, the that Daily Mail team. Uh, a lot of them would have been, this is like 15 years later, they'd be 33, 34 now and still still fighting for first team places or have been yeah. up until last season anyway before perhaps starting to to hang up boots or or take it a little slower. Um, but yeah, it's been really amazing that we've been able to get all these young guys out every week with a few older. It's We've got some very interesting diametrics. We've got players who are... Um, 18 and then I think our current I'm not gonna I'm not gonna embarrass him by name but our oldest player is I think 53 and he started no he was on the bench for the ones he plays one of the fittest players you'll ever meet um <laughs> seriously he's incredible in that respect but he, he played for the ones on the weekend and it's, so you could have you know a, a game where you've got an 18 year old and a 53 year old on the same team I think is yeah and playing at the same level is wonderful it really is mm. so as you know, and I, I we I mentioned this before we started recording. Uh, this is the first episode we've recorded since the episodes have started regularly coming out. So yes. I can say this and actually mean it this time. As you know, <laughs> we finish every episode with the same two questions. Mm -hmm. First of all, what would your message be to any future players looking to join Old Priorians RFC or the OPs? Yes. The OPs, yes. So I also use my own I think, own experience with the club as a a way to put the message across, if you like. I think there's such a great sense of community and family. Uh, I know people have mentioned it in previous episodes as well. Just the friendliness. I think you, it's, you get to form genuine relationships with people. Because we're such a small club, it's you get to know everyone. You, you will know about people's lives that you didn't know this person two or three months ago, you'll get to know them very, very quickly. It's a really good level of rugby as well. I think it's uh, pretty competitive. I was in for a bit of a culture shock when I joined. I was like, oh, blimey. <laughs> uh, maybe this is beyond me, but actually it's, it's been, it's been really enjoyable. And yeah, it's, it's just been a, it's just a great experience um, to be part of a, of a club that sort of feels like it's going places as well. I think that is exciting. I think there's a great sense of you know the camaraderie and that the community I talk about is is genuine. Every club will say this, and I know I know that every club will say this, but it, it's it's true. And I'm talking very much from my own experiences yeah. as a I don't want to say a rugby outsider, but certainly someone who is you know perhaps a little trepidatious about the environment you're going to enter. Is it going to be too macho? Uh, you know, am I? Uh, going to fit in and i think there's a place for everyone at our club regardless of, of of your level of play regardless of who you are i think it's really what um sets us apart um not from everyone else but sets us apart <laughs> as a club within our within ourselves if you like yeah perfect and final question uh which professional rugby player would you like to join your club and like we've said before yes. you can interpret this how you will okay so so i've got i, I 
as I've heard the uh, the question on previous episodes, and I had have been formulating my answer. We've actually sort of managed this before. So last season, interesting. So last season, you may recall a former professional scrum half called Joe Simpson retired yeah. for sale in yeah, yeah. December, I believe. So <laughs> by around February, he had turned and turned out for old Porian seconds. <laughs> so Joe's actually an old boy of, of St. Benedict's school and knows a lot of people at the club and decided he wanted uh, to to turn out for, for OPs, partly inspired by the fact his brother Michael, uh, who's also a fantastic player, by the way, um, is a, has been a club member. He's, he's not played for us for a little while, but his dream is to be to step onto the pitch with uh, with Joe and, no, Joe and Michael to to play yeah. together. So he played, I think we played London Sussex. We lost, unfortunately, uh, with, with Joe on the pitch um, and, and a few other stellar names from the club's past. Um, but eventually we then had also a big sort of exhibition match in March of this year between a Joe Simpson 15 and a Jonah Holmes uh, Ealing Academy yeah. Jonah Holmes was managing the team. He's also yeah. St. Benedict's old boy. So we've got an incredible pedigree of players who came through the school. Um, you, I'm sure you'll know as, who Jonah is as a as a Welsh fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. R- really um, met him in the pub a couple of times. Really nice. Yeah. <laughs> really nice guy. Um, and, he, you know, and Joe and Michael ended up playing on the same team uh, in front of probably 500 people at uh, at our at our ground really wonderful memory um and i i know the other thing i've noticed on these episodes is that people like to pick jason leonard so i also have <laughs> a there's a there's a small link between why well, is it a small enough link between maybe sizable enough link between the club and jason and his son occasionally turns out for our seconds shit um <laughs> Um, I think he played one game last season. Um, yeah. I think he was, at, again, another someone else was at the school. And going further back, two of Jason's brothers played for Colchester um, back in the day, sort of early 2000s. Um, so there is a link there. So I think I'll just keep the the <laughs> Jason <laughs> Leonard narrative Jason Leonard going. going. Um, and if I was going to pick one person uh, other than that, I know this is a sort of slightly long-winded answer i would go for my i was thinking about that as well was um my very first role model as a uh, uh i think six or seven year old as a player was victor abogu i would love to nice. have abogu in a front row for a second team i'd line up with him on one side and i'd be on the other and yeah that would that would be one of my dreams come true to sort of be in a front row with so probably yeah. I don't not sure anyone else is going to have that dream, but I think it's, it's a dream funny. nonetheless. Talk about learning from the vets, right? Like that would be a hell of a oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, even even just him. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure you're great in the front row, but even just I wouldn't want to go up against be just him. Let alone, yeah, let alone yeah, yeah, it'd be quite intimidating. But uh, I don't know what his uh, yeah when the last time he he played is, but. Uh, Hopefully, if he's he's listening or or wants the game, we'll we'll happily happily have him down. Uh, yeah, that is the first um, first answer to that question that involved examples. <laughs> That's uh, well, obviously Chiswick had um, they did have Jason Leonard down for drinks, of course, yes, but yes, didn't yes. play. So yeah, that's uh, that is a good answer, a very very good answer. Yeah, if we could uh, have yeah Jason as son for one match, that would be uh, that would be nice, very nice. Ah, I like it. So 
all that's left to say is james thanks for joining us we really appreciate it very much ian thanks very much for having me on really enjoyed it thank you thank you for listening to this episode and thank you to james for joining us you can find the old priorians on instagram at old priorian rugby football and on their website at www.oldpriorians.com for those wondering or shouting into their headphones with the answer the not quite touch rugby but touch rugby but not touch rugby that was introduced during lockdown was ready for rugby i'm fairly sure it was the number four because quirkiness and wonder uh it was all right it wasn't for me i'm a hooker roots rock riot was brought to you in association with ickenham rugby club and is a podcast nobody asked for you can find roots rock riot on instagram at roots rock riot and if you want your club involved please drop us a message there or email us at roots rock riot podcast at gmail.com Next week, we are staying in London and speaking with the East London Vixens.